Hello, everyone, and welcome back for another episode of Gunster on the Go, Florida's podcast for business. I'm your host, Holly Goodman, a shareholder with the Gunster Law Firm in Florida. On this program, we cover the latest developments that Florida's employers need to know. We touch on topics ranging from important changes in EEOC guidance to new Florida laws affecting your workforce. Although this podcast does not provide legal advice, we will discuss our opinions on how cutting-edge legal issues could affect your business. Today, we have a special guest. He's a former United States Senator, author, and the chairman of the board of my firm here at Gunster, George Lemieux. Thank you so much for joining me here today, George. It's a pleasure, Holly. Thank you for having me. So we've seen a pattern over the last several years where Florida has become a bit of a go-to destination for both the influx of citizens and for businesses. And I know that as we closed out 2023, Florida saw another year of just huge population growth and has remained one of the top recipients of people moving from other states. So today I'd like to talk a little bit about how this influx of talent into the Florida workforce is going to affect the future of work in our state. I think we're probably stating the obvious for those of us who already live in the Sunshine State. But George, what do you think is drawing so many citizens and businesses to Florida? Well, thank you, Holly. It's been a remarkable few years for Florida. Florida's been on the growth rise for at least since the 1950s with ebbs and flows. But in the past few years, Florida has really accelerated. The pandemic certainly pushed migration to Florida. Today, about 1,250 people are moving to Florida every day, estimated by the Florida Chamber of Commerce that $4.5 million of wealth moves to Florida every hour. So there's a large combination of factors, in my view, that have resulted in the Florida story. Florida now is the number one fastest growing state in the United States. You know, certainly it starts with Florida's beauty. It's a great place to live. It's beautiful, beautiful beaches, temperate weather. It's always drawn people. But more than that, it's a good business and regulatory environment. We have no state income tax, so folks who are living in places like New York and New Jersey, Connecticut, California, Illinois, who are getting hit with anything from 6, 8, 10, 12% state income tax, that doesn't exist here. You've got a good regulatory environment. It's pro-business. We're not a union state. We're a right-to-work state. We're also the convergence between the Northeast money centers and Latin America and the halfway in-between point. So all of that is worked together. We're also a state that, you know, frankly, and you hate to say this in this day and age, you know, enforces the law so people can't rob a store and not be prosecuted. It's hard to believe that that would be a problem in other parts of our country, but it is. So Florida is attractive on so many levels, and that's why you're seeing big players move to Florida, Goldman Sachs, the Citadel Company, Ken Griffin's hedge fund, Blackstone opening a big headquarters in Miami. Florida has just become an extremely attractive place to do business. And I know you mentioned that we saw a huge influx during the pandemic when remote work was really on the rise. And although there's been some push to get people back into the workforce, a lot of businesses have really hung their hat on this remote work as kind of a future of doing business for themselves. How has Florida benefited from that surge in remote work? Well, if you can work remotely, why not do it from Florida? Why not do it from a great place to live with a great quality of life with all of those other good factors like no state income tax and the other things I mentioned? So there are a lot of people now who can work remotely and they can work from their home. Uh, We're seeing that 
you know, as many as 25, 30% of all workers now are working remotely at least part of the time. And it allows for a more fluid workday. It allows for flexibility for young parents who are working, who have got childcare issues. And many employers are seeing that their employees are more productive on a flexible work schedule. So Florida being one of those places where people want to be makes that a really attractive destination for remote workers. I have to imagine that that influx of talent into the state is also really beneficial to the businesses that are either already here or are choosing to move their headquarters here, like you just mentioned, so many are. How has this population growth really benefited Florida's workforce? It certainly has. And we've always, for the past 25 years, as long as I've been involved in public life, we've talked about the talent gap in Florida, that you know, smart young kids who went to school here, grew up here, would go to college someplace else and never come back, uh, or at least not come back till they were ready to retire. And there was this sort of knowledge drain that concerned Florida employers. How do we recruit the best and brightest to come to Florida? Well, a couple of things have happened. One is we've had this remote work, which allows people to work from anywhere. So people can vote with their feet and move to Florida. Second, our state officials over the past really since Jeb Bush back in the 90s, have invested heavily on the state's education system, first K through 12, and then more recently, the state university systems. In the 1990s, our K through 12 system was in the bottom of the rankings, you know, in the 40s compared to other states. And our state university system was also not highly regarded. Now our K through 12 system is in the top 10, and our state university system is number one in the country. It's hard for people who are not from Florida to believe that we have a better state university system than California or Texas or New York, but we've been rated that now more than five years. And schools like University of Florida are in the top five of public universities in the country. So the talent moving here and then the talent being grown here through a better K-12 system and an exceptional state university system is bringing the workforce that employers want. I just heard that there is a huge demand for office space in Southeast Florida, 150,000 square feet of office space currently in demand. And I don't think there's any other place in the country where people are trying to build office or, you know, you hear all these stories about an office is vacant, that these buildings are going to be converted potentially to condos and that downtowns are abandoned. That's not happening in Florida. It's quite the opposite. That is an interesting reversal of what I think businesses are seeing in a lot of other states, because we all heard, especially the fear that in a post-pandemic world, the real estate market was going to completely change for office space because so many businesses had moved remote and were not coming back. Now we are seeing a lot of businesses are trying to bring their employees back. And I think that obviously one of the things that we benefit from here in Florida is the beautiful weather. And so we don't have as many concerns when it comes to things like snow days, like some of our colleagues in other states are dealing with right now being a concern about trying to bring your employees into the office. So there's a lot of benefits, I think, to having office space here in the state of Florida. And I'm glad to hear that's continuing to boom for us. That's great news for our economy. So I know that you said that Southeast Florida is seeing this increase in demand for office space. Are there other communities in the state of Florida that are seeing, you know, huge booms of growth in the business world? Yeah, I think you can certainly look at Tampa Bay and that sort of whole Tampa Bay, Sarasota region. Sarasota actually now is the fastest growing metro area in the country. 
Tampa is in the top 10. Jacksonville's in the top 10. Southeast Florida's in the top 10. Orlando's in the top 10. But at the very top of the list is that sort of greater Tampa Bay, Sarasota area. What Jeff Vinnick is doing in Tampa Bay is really extraordinary. He is in many ways building another Tampa right next to Tampa. It's around the hockey arena in that area near the port. And that area is building office, hotel, luxury condominium, mixed use. And that's growing to where these two skyscraper sections of Tampa are going to connect. So Tampa Bay is on fire. Sarasota's on fire. That's another place in our state that's really booming. And then you have other places that are booming. They're not necessarily focused as much on work, but they're still big inbound migration areas like the Villages, which is north of Orlando, about an hour north of Orlando, which is a started off as a small retirement community. I think there's a couple hundred thousand people living there now. So Florida is growing in many different ways, but in terms of business, Tampa Bay, Palm Beach, Fort Lauderdale, Miami are really the big growth areas. And what about industries? Are there any industries that you think are really seeing a huge surge as we ended last year and as we're coming into 2024? Where do you expect to see the most growth? We've had a big influx, Holly, in financial services. So I mentioned Goldman Sachs before. Elliott Financial, Paul Singer's trust fund is also moved to Palm Beach. We're seeing a ton of private equity. Kelly Smallridge, who runs the business development group in Palm Beach County, started this initiative about a decade ago called Wall Street South to bring the financial folks who are already living part of the year in Palm Beach to get them to bring their businesses to Palm Beach County. That's had huge success. Miami is a big destination for the financial services and as well as tech. Central Florida, Tampa Bay area has a big concentration of folks who are involved in the defense contracting and defense industry due to the fact that we have two what are called combatant commands, CENTCOM, which runs all of the military operations for the U.S. in the Middle East and places like Afghanistan, as well as Special Forces Command. Those are both at McDill, which is right there in the heart of Tampa Bay. So there's a huge burgeoning defense industry in and around Tampa Bay. And the defense industry, in fact, is one of the biggest contributors to Florida's economy. So I would say those are two of the hottest areas, but there's many other firms that are knocking on the door trying to get into Florida. And one of the most fun and exciting is that because Florida is booming, you now have all these world-class hotels and restaurants and luxury condominiums, you know, moving to Florida, whether it's Four Seasons or Waldorf or the hottest New York City restaurants. They all want to be in Miami and Palm Beach and all across Florida. So that's an exciting part of what's happening too, is that the folks in the hospitality business are really trying to get in on Florida. We've always been a big leader in that, but even more so now with the growth in wealth and the growth in population. You know, talking about all of these businesses moving into Florida, building new office space kind of begs the question about what challenges that's going to bring, because now all of a sudden there might be more increased competition. The more people who are here and with the rise of the remote workforce, there's going to be greater competition for employees and staff as well. What challenges do you think are facing Florida's employers as we go into 2024 here? Well, I think all of our employers would say for the past few years, you know, wage costs have gone up dramatically. And that's because there's a scarcity of employees for all of these new jobs. So the cost of wages has gone up. That's been passed along to the consumer. 
The cost of housing has gone up because we have a scarcity of land in Miami-Dade County and Broward County, where Miami and Fort Lauderdale sit. They are landlocked between the ocean and the Everglades, so there is no more land. And because there's no more land, the only really building that can happen is up. Mm-hmm. So you're even seeing things like golf courses being reclaimed for residential development. So we definitely have increased costs, and that's part of the issue. The other challenge that Florida has that we've been working on for some time now, but we have a lot more work to do is just resiliency for things like climate change. We see flooding in Southeast Florida due to rising sea levels, unpredictable weather patterns. This is something the whole country is going to face, but Florida specifically with the way we're a peninsula with more coastline than any state except for Alaska. So those are some of the challenges, but Leaders in Florida have been working on those challenges, working on resiliency for some time, more work to do, but it's not like we haven't started. And cost of living is going to continue to be a challenge. The the more people want to be here, the more expensive things are going to become. It's also going to push growth in other places. So you're going to see the middle part of Florida, what we call the heartland now, which is a lot very agricultural. You're going to see more housing developments in that part of the state because they're going to be less expensive, more affordable. And state leaders are really looking at what they call attainable housing, what we used to call Mm -hmm. affordable housing, to make sure that we're providing housing and the government helps subsidize this housing so that, you know, everyday Floridians from teachers to police and fire to folks who, you know, work in the service industry can afford to live close to their jobs. Because with all these people, if prices get so expensive, then these workers will have to live further and further away from their jobs, which creates more congestion. And there's a domino effect to that. Those are some of the the challenges that Florida is facing, but we'll get to have some good and practical solutions to address them. I think that that's so important because the commute time certainly is a factor for employees trying to take jobs. What their wages are going to be and whether they can afford to live in the area is certainly going to affect their ability to take jobs. And Florida did take a proactive approach several years ago in passing new minimum wage laws. And we're marching our way towards $15 an hour, which will be double the federal minimum wage if the federal minimum wage doesn't change between now and in the next couple of years. So Florida is definitely making strides in trying to incentivize those employees to come to the state. And so while those are certainly challenges that we're facing, I think that it always brings comfort to know that the state has a plan and is working towards trying to address those challenges so that our business leaders can continue to operate their businesses successfully within our state borders. And I think that's a big reason why so many businesses are moving into our state. Well, thank you so much, George, for coming on and talking to us about these issues. You're so knowledgeable about what's going on in the state of Florida and our business economy and the future of work here in the state. So I do appreciate your time and your insights for our listeners. Oh, it's my pleasure, Holly. Thanks for having me on and thanks for your leadership in doing these podcasts. And thank you to our listeners. You've been listening to Gunster on the Go, a podcast brought to you by Gunster, Florida's law firm for business. To learn more about our podcast and stay up to date on future episodes, you can find us at gunster.com forward slash on the go, or subscribe to the program through Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. This is Holly Goodman. Until next time.